listening to the Fish on Ted podcast with your host, Ted Johnson. Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast. And I want to thank everybody for listening today. We are pre-recording this at the end of December 2019. It's been a very Merry Christmas for a lot of people, and we're looking forward to the Happy New Year of 2020. And today, we've got a special guest, and I'll let him introduce himself. Uh, Casey, are you there? Yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, man? Fantastic. Terrific. Well, Casey, tell us a little about yourself. Um, I'm a local guide in southwest Washington. I fish uh, Oregon as well, um, year-round. Uh, love to get after it, love to have a good time, show my clients the great beauty of the Northwest and uh, catch the big fish that we have. Oh, that's cool. How, how long have you been doing this, man? I'm going on my 11th year. Wow, really? No kidding. So you've, uh, you've got some river time, don't you? Yeah, that's... Um, that's what it takes to uh, to get good at what you're doing is uh, spending spending the time on the water. A- absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, I'm just curious. Um, 2019 was a year of uh, sort of some question marks out there. We didn't know if the salmon were going to be coming in um, in any sort of droves, and they ended up showing up, and and uh, a lot of people ended up with uh, boating a lot of fish, and then. This last couple months in the Northwest, we've had some weather come in. How does um, 2020 look for you, Casey? Um, 2020 is looking very similar to 2019, which um, on 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 paper didn't look all that great to begin with. But uh-huh. in actuality, we had a lot of really good days on the water. Uh, more good days than bad days, to be honest. Um, you know, it's all perspective. Uh, you just got to choose the right, the right areas to fish and um, use the best baits and the best tackle and put your time in, dialing in um, the fisheries. And uh, I think we're just going to have uh, another, another good year where you go out there and if you put your time in, you will, you'll have successful days. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Casey, uh, being from the Northwest, we're uh... Uh, both familiar with, with the salmon and steelhead and sturgeon and, and the different fish that you go after. But, but many of our listeners are from like the Southeast or another country. Um, what, uh, what does your fishing schedule or seasonal calendar look like uh, in regards to what species are coming into Oregon and Washington at different times of the year? Well, if I start off in January uh, and go through the year, uh, I would start off with. Uh, Winter steelhead in the tributaries of the Columbia River, um, also kokanee on the lakes uh, in southwest Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving into February, uh, we continue with kokanee, and um, then we start transitioning into our wild winter steelhead season, where um, it's a lot more catch and release uh, on steelhead, but at the same time, they're a magical species of fish that are yeah. majestic to catch. Uh, a lot of people spend a lot of time. Uh, getting after them and freezing temperatures so um, we do that and then March rolls around and we continue our wild winter steelhead fishing and then the infamous spring chinook show up in late March Um, we Mm -hmm. fish those 
pretty heavily until about the third week in May and um, with pretty good success. Uh, yeah. Once May, once May is over, uh, we're, it's full-time kokanee. Uh, we love kokanee fishing on the lakes. Uh, they're, uh, they're not the biggest fish, but we catch a ton of them, and there's a great limit on them, and they are uh, probably one of the best-eating fish on the planet. They're basically a sockeye. So if you've ever had sockeye, you know Definitely. that uh, sockeye are fantastic. So um, after June rolls around, we got July, and the summer steelhead season kicks in. And uh, we will target summer steelhead on the Columbia and its tributaries all through the month. Um, August comes into play, and it's kind of the Super Bowl of the year uh, known as Buoy 10. Uh, we spend the whole month of August in Astoria, Oregon, for the Buoy 10 fishery, fishing for fall Chinook and coho salmon. Now, that's pretty right darn good. Waters, not headwaters, but the uh, mouth of the Columbia, right, into the Pacific? That is Yes, that's the mouth yeah. of Columbia, and uh, we also fish the ocean um, for the coho and Chinook. So on the nice days, we get out to the ocean, and we uh, really do good out there. And many times when we're out in the ocean, we'll stop on the jetties to do some bottom fishing on the way in, which is kind of a, uh, I wouldn't say a new thing for me, but um, I've kind of been marketing a little bit more just because it's uh, – it's uh, it's such an easy and fun fishery for just about everybody because it's 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 just so easy and the food fare that you get from bottom fishing is fantastic too. It's all white meat, lean cod, rockfish, yeah. sea bass. Um, they're all great species. Uh, so we like to do that on the way in and catch a catch our limit of coho and then stop on in and get a limit of uh, rockfish and lean cod. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is a real good way to fill the freezer. Oh, absolutely. That puts um, you. When you hit the docks, doesn't it? Cleaning fish and that sort of thing. Yeah, it puts. Yeah, it it adds some time to my day, but uh, after a while, you kind of figure out the little tricks to flay those little suckers. And well, they're not really little. They're you know, they're those bass are five to sometimes seven or eight pounds. Um, you know, wow. but yeah, it, it adds it adds a little time to the day, but it's all part of it. Um, yeah. But uh, once once August rolls around and we get done doing that. Uh, our September fishery continues up in Woodland, Washington for the, for the Chinook. And mm -hmm. that is pretty much a bloodbath all the way through um, mid-October, even in early November. Um, and then after the Chinook kind of petered out, we're on to the coho. And we're on to the coho from the last week of October all the way through the third week of November. And that's a kick in the pants too, because it's all light tackle, casting, reading water, uh, constantly moving. Uh, a lot of my clients really love that fishery. Mm -hmm. um, November rolls around and uh, we start on the winter snook. And our winter snook season lasts, our winter snook season lasts uh, through about Christmas. And then a little break there and then back. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a revolutionary program. We just, it just keeps on going and going and going. Rinse and repeat, huh? Rinse and repeat. You got it. That's one of my Very favorite good. things. <laughs> so, so tell me a little bit more about the kokanee fishing in your part of the world. You, you explained the kokanee obviously is a landlocked sa sockeye salmon, and you're right, man. I, I've, I've got to give it to you. They are some of the best table fare that you can ever put on. You know, uh, bring into the boat. Uh, they're not real big. 
Um, but uh, gosh, they're flavorful and, and uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun catching them. Yeah, yeah, it's a great one for the kids. Um, I take a lot of families out doing it just for the simple fact that on nine out of 10 days, we'll go out, I'll run to an area, we'll put the rods down and we'll have one on within 10 seconds trolling and we'll continue to have a bite just nonstop um, till we limit out, which is 10 fish per person limit. So the wow. kids really love it because it's constant action and you know, they're, they're small, but they're still, they're, um, you know, they're late spring. They're anywhere between 14 and 16, 17 inches and they're, but they're fat. So mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, they, uh, they go home with 10 of them and, uh, they end up with a pretty good haul of meat by the end of it. When it's all said and done, especially like a family, when a family comes out, and they they got you know forty or fifty coconut to take home, <laughs> you know they're 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 pretty impressed with how much meat is actually they're going home with, and it's like I said, it's the best meat uh, other than spring chinook, summer chinook. Well, mm -hmm. they're all pretty good, but mm -hmm. the coconut is dynamite, and they're uh, just a it's just a fast fast action fishery. Yeah, and 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 you're catching those what trolling? Is that how you're fishing for them? Yeah, so early on, um, like right now, uh, for the winter kokanee, we're, uh, we, what we do is called topwater trolling, and it's pretty much just letting out line with no weight, uh, way behind the boat, uh, anywhere from 125 to 180 feet back behind the boat. And uh, there's no weight on them, but they, by the time you get them back there, they sink down there about three or four feet. And mm -hmm. what happens is when the boat goes over a school of kokanee, they, they scatter. And after they scatter and the boat passes over them, they come back to where they were. And then after they come back to where they were and settle, our, our gear goes through them. And, you know, uh, if there's a, a good little school there, we'll get triples, quads, sometimes even I've had eight on it once before. So, I mean, wow. um, and then, and then, and then we also, even though it's winter time and we're, and we're doing, um, topwater stuff. I'll still bring the downriggers and run them, run them, uh, run the lines back about 100 feet, but bring the downrigger weights down to about 10 to 12, just mm -hmm. for the more spookier one. Especially on the days that it's uh, bright out, if the, oh, uh -huh. the sun's out, the fish tend to go down about 10, 15 feet, and uh, and that's when we do a little better on the downrigger rods. But for the most part, um, it's topwater fishing until the water warms up. And yeah. once the water warms up in about mid-April, then it's all downriggers. We, uh, really? We run, we run two downriggers, four rods on, four rods on the downriggers, and then uh, we have two off the bow that have about four ounces of weight, and we run those out to about 100 feet. And mm -hmm. so they're fishing about 50 feet. And um, when, the, when, the, when the water temp gets up and the, and the fish go down, they get really bitey. And uh, it's pretty easy to go out there and whack out a, you know, four to six man limit within wow. four hours. Wow. The kids must just absolutely love that. I mean, instead of sitting yeah. on a boat waiting for a, a bite for a couple hours, um, it's fast action, isn't it? It is. My kids, I uh, have a, a 10 year old girl and a eight year old boy. And, uh, they they're always begging me to go coconut fishing because it's uh 
you know, they're always doing something. They're always reeling in their rods, and I'm always netting them. And and uh, uh, one of them loves to eat them, but the other one not so much yet. But uh, I'm sure he'll come around. Um, sure. But uh, you know, I take a lot of kids on other fisheries as well, and it just depends on the temperament of the kid. You know, some mm-hmm. kids get a little antsy for waiting for an hour, and sometimes we don't have to wait for an hour. You know, a lot of that fall fishing, we go out there and we're we're wham bam and and uh bing bang boom done so mm-hmm. uh, you know but kokanee you know it's it's more great fishing than slow fishing so that's yeah. that's the beauty of it yeah oh that oh that's awesome that that is awesome that really has become a a big fishery in both oregon and washington over the last number of years and and uh um you know for those people that have not tried kokanee fishing one, I think people will get real excited about it just because it is so fast action. And then, you know, you put a couple of those on the table, holy smokes, you get hooked real quick, don't you? Yeah, and especially if um, the, the real beauty of it is if, if Merlin's not fishing great, say, I do I do this a lot where um, I'll go to Merlin, and if it's just not cracking off in the first couple, three hours, I'll pull the boat out, and I'll run five, six miles up the road to Yale uh-huh. Reservoir. And the thing about Yale Reservoir is there might not, they might not be as big as Merlin, but there's mm-hmm. three times, four times, five times as many. So uh, oh, really, a, a loser day on the lake is a pretty non-existent thing unless uh, some crazy 30 mile an hour west wind comes up and knocks us off the lake due to wind. But usually right. I know the forecast, you know, I, I'll know, I'll know what's coming before. I, yeah. Uh, I sent her, I sent it, so. Well, and, and you know, about, about kokanee, in, in regards to how you catch them, they're really tough to catch off the bank, aren't they? I mean, it, it, it's sort of a non-existent fisher. You don't even know they're there. You've got to be out in the boat, you know, looking for them and hunting them down. Yeah, bank fishing for kokanee um, is, on the lake side fish is pretty much non-existent. Um, right. They're always, so the reservoirs I fish, you know, they're deep, but um, most of the areas we fish are at least a hundred yards off the bank. So um, there, there just isn't any, any bank access or um, good, a good way to get your gear out to where the fish are and troll them. Mm-hmm. They're really finicky, you know. Kokanee, just because they're little and they're and they're yada yada, they're smart. Um, and some days, I have to figure them out. Um, yeah. You know, whether they want they want a little faster troll, they want a little slower, they want orange, or they want pink, they want a little different scent in your corn that we use. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, it, for a guy to go out on the bank and say, okay, I'm gonna cast and retrieve this. Flasher and and leader with a weight on it up there hundred yards. Let's just let's just call it impossible. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now now you were also mentioning that um, you catch some fairly large steelhead. What in February and March is uh, when uh, the 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 larger steelhead end up uh, showing up in your area. Yeah. Yeah, so February comes rolls around, and it's kind of that's kind of the very start of it. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say that we're it's awesome 
wild winter steelhead fishing until oh first week of March through second week of April. Uh, mm-hmm. The peak of that I would say would be last week of March, first week of April, and that's what I. That's uh, that's really when we're having higher number of days. Uh, yeah, and they are they are they're wild winners. Um, they tend to be a little bit bigger. Um, we don't use bait for them, so our our, uh, our mortality rate on them is is very 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 low. Um, mm-hmm. I've yet to catch a wild steelhead that was had a, a plastic lure down its throat. Um, so oh, that's okay. kind of the that's the beauty of it. I mean, if there was a chance of going out and killing these things all the time, I I wouldn't partake in it. But since we're using you know plastics and not bait, when they're choking it down, um, you know, I hand I make sure to handle the fish well. I right. don't let them thrash around the net. I wear waders usually, and I always kind of um, either if it's a big fish that I know that I'm gonna have trouble getting unhooked, I'll pull them over and have. Uh, the guys slide it up on the bank and or just get the nose or get the head to the bank and right. hook it. Make sure it's good to go, send it on its way. And because uh, they're just, they're, they're such a majestic fish. Um, people, you would not believe the things that people do to catch winners. Um, you know, freezing eyes, freezing guides, and the eyes, frozen hands, frozen feet, um, 22 degree temperatures. And I, so there's something to be said about uh, catching a wild winter steelhead. They're just there's something special about them. They're uh, they're big. They fight hard. They're usually acrobatic. Um, mm-hmm. And they're just a, I don't know. There's something special about them. Everybody just kind of goes nuts over them. The, the, yeah. the serious fishermen do. Uh-huh. The serious fishermen in the Northwest. That's um, if you ask if, what their favorite fishery is. I'd say 60% of them say winter stealing. Yeah. They're, they're a very- <laughs> Why, I don't know. <laughs> Why, I couldn't tell you, but it, it's- yeah. uh, They're a very hardy fish. Now, now you, you talk about a big steelhead that time of year. How, how big do they get in your part of the world? I mean, there's days where we get normal steelhead, which are six to 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's also days where we get 15, 16, sometimes 17 to 18 pounders. Wow. And then, and then once, wow. In a, once in a blue moon, we'll get a, you know, a, a 20 plus. Right. Um, right. To me, the 20 plus hasn't happened in about two, three years, but uh, we get lots of 14s and 15s. They, uh, at, the, at so, that size, they put up a heck of a fight, don't they? All the way to the boat. They do, and they're you know we're not using really really heavy gear to, while we're targeting, so it's like it's like catching a, a twenty five inch rainbow on a a four weight fly rod, you know mm-hmm. it, it's it's light gear, um, you know we're using eight ten pound test, um, uh, sometimes heavier. I, I we usually use a little heavier for the winter spoiler just because they're bigger, but like it's still pretty light tackle compared to most of the other fishers are doing. When you have yeah. that and the cold water combined and uh, the cold water combined, it it uh, they they yeah they they fight really hard. Wow, that's it's really cool. explosive. They're yeah, yeah really explosive fish. So you hook one and they'll 
they'll scream a bunch of line off the reel and then you'll it kind of scares you how fast they, they run and then once you get a hold of them and get them get them stopped five times out of ten they'll run right back to your boat and you're just sitting there trying to catch up with reel as fast as you can as fast as you can and there it goes right by the boat on top of the water and then all of a sudden you catch up to it again and it runs another hundred yards mm-hmm. uh, you're just you know that's probably what people love so much about them there's the water is really cold and they're really aggressive uh hard fighting fish oh yeah yeah wow that's cool man that that is cool and in in regards to the rivers that you fish and that sort of thing are you fishing uh your sled or do you have a drift boat how, how do you go after those um all the all the winter steelhead fishing i do is targeted by a sled um uh it's just um I just like sled fishing. I, I love drift boat fishing, but I love drift boat fishing when I'm in the front of the drift boat and somebody else's <laughs> drift boat. <laughs> it's something to be said for that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, I don't have the best shoulders either. Um, I've had a few sh- shoulder injuries over the years, so uh, I'm sure I could get by going down the river rowing, which I have. I mean, I, I can row, but um, as far as as far as taking people down the river, uh, I just don't feel comfortable running yeah. a uh, running a but, drift boat. Now I am thinking of getting in the in the the um, uh, raft, getting into the raft oh, wow. where it's not so heavy, um, much more agile. You can go in a lot skinnier water, and you can take you can go into places that drift boats couldn't even think about getting. And mm-hmm. for wild winter steelhead, that's um, that's a game changer because a lot of these yeah. little tiny rivers, they get these wild, wild runs of winter steelhead, and you're getting into these areas that are gorgeous um, canyons. I mean, it's I call it God's country. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yeah, I mean, there's so pretty, pretty uh, scenic fishery, and the, the steelhead fishing is great. No one can get really get to it. There's a few other people that have rafts. It's not. It's not a huge thing, so mm-hmm. but I'm looking forward to that in the future. Um, but for right now, uh, I fish out of a sled, and uh, I fish for hatcheries on the Lewis River and the Callis River. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lewis, the Lewis is more December, uh, January, where the Callis is more March, April. So um, we we can cover a ton of ground in the, in the sled, and uh, right. I have a 26 foot uh, Little of Columbia. Um, it's plenty large for uh, five, six anglers, plenty of room, um, and it also goes, I fish it in the ocean, and I take it all the way down to four inches of water with it. So it's kind of a, it's one of those boats that is, they always say there's no boat that can do it all. Uh, I'm not going to say this one does, but uh, I'd say it's probably the closest to it. Uh, I, don't, I don't know of any other manufacturer that can, uh, that can, fish the ocean on the nicer days mm-hmm. and then also run in five inches, four or five inches of water on the tributaries. So yeah. I'm really yeah. happy with it since I bought it. Well, you know, one, one of the things that, uh, that that I think you have an advantage of is bringing in uh, fishermen from other areas outside of Oregon and Washington because they can fly right into the airport. They're at PDX and there's hotels and accommodations of a big city and you're just minutes from them in picking them up and taking them to, like you say, God's country, and then taking them back to luxury at the end of the day. 
Yeah, that's kind of the beauty of it. I mean, I'm, I'm out of Wilden, Washington, which is a 35-minute drive from Portland, Oregon. And huh? I uh, most, of the, most of my clients just stay in Woodland. Uh, I'm, I'm in Woodland every month of the year except for August. And uh, sometimes in May, I will go up to the Wind River and the Columbia River Gorge and stay. But um, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, Woodland, Washington is my hub. And... You know, there's, I wouldn't say there's five-star hotels in Willow, Washington, but definitely good enough. Well, actually, I'm going to rephrase that. There is some bed and breakfast that I highly recommend to my customers, and they absolutely, absolutely love um, staying in uh, this bed and breakfast, uh, the Lewis River bed and breakfast, preferably. Yeah. Uh, right on the, it's right on the Lewis River. Uh, the gal, Lisa, she, she cooks dynamite meals. And uh, you get up and you literally drive four miles down the road and you're in the boat. So really, um, wow! It's a yeah, it's a really great area. It's a it's a good. I'd say Woodland is one of the best hubs for fishing in in the lower 48. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you've got like you were saying, you've got the lakes for for kokanee fishing, and you've got all the tributaries and and the big Columbia River coming through there, and and. Uh, you know, you uh, you have a very um, unique wilderness wilderness experience for people. Um, in you know, very very close to uh, large population centers. Yeah, and, and uh, a lot of my guys, you know, that they, they'll they'll come and they'll fish one two days, sometimes three. But if they're looking for something to do after they get done fishing, or the next day before they go, or even if they have a layover day. Um, a lot of people enjoy going up to Mount St. Helens, which uh, uh, everybody knows blew up in 1980, and the right. landscape it created is is unreal. So yeah, uh, I send send a lot of people up to Mount St. Helens, uh, Mount Hood, Glamet uh, mm-hmm. Falls. You know, all all these areas are hour hour and a half away from where we fish, uh, and you can really see what the Northwest has to offer when it comes to you know just the landmarks and the and the awesome stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just curious. Um, you're you're very plugged into the different fisheries, and you've got the, a, a long tenure of being a, a full-time professional guide. Where where do you see salmon and steelhead fishing going in the next, let's say, five years, Kate? That's a that's an in-depth question. Um, you know. There's, there's, it's always been cyclonic, if I'm saying that right. Cyclonic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, we've had our ups, we've had our downs, we've had our ups, we've had our downs, and we'll have more ups and more downs. Um, a lot of it is ocean conditions and uh, uh, the survival of of smolt and adults in the ocean. It plays yeah. a big factor. Um, predation plays a big factor, and luckily this past year we've gotten bills passed through legislature that allowed uh, WDFW and ODFW to eradicate the problematic sea lions that we get uh, mm-hmm. in the Columbia River and so and the Willamette River. Um, you know, so we're still working on uh, trying to get the trying to get the cormorants and the terns under control. Um, they do eat a lot of baby salmon. I think um, that there's a lot of projects going on where they're working on um, habitat and 
habitat, predation, and ocean conditions is the recipe for quality fish runs. And True. we had we had a bit of a downturn on our on our um, I'd say our ocean conditions in 2015. Mm -hmm. um, we had what we call the blob come into the Pacific Northwest, where the ocean turned quite a bit warmer than normal. Um, and on top of that, we had a really, really bad drought year, which got the Columbia really hot. And so we kind of had a whammy of both outgoing fish dying and fish that were already in the ocean feeding dying. So that's oh. kind of what's caused our, our uh, 17 and 18 seasons to not be the best ever, I would say. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it was only 2014. We had... Um, we had uh, record-breaking runs of fall Chinook, and everybody was happy. We had, I mean, there was, True. I was out on that river, and I, I'd, I'd have uh, 12 Chinook in the box by 10, 11 o'clock, along with all my colleagues, and the gill nets were, were getting them well. I mean, and, and it was still 970,000, or no, it was 1.3 million, still went over Bonneville Dam um, wow, that year. Really? So. You know, it, it just it just depends on on uh, our conditions, um, all the way down to the day that we fish. We can have a billion fish under my boat, but mm -hmm. if the conditions are off, um, sometimes they don't want to play, and that's where it's my job to figure out what they want. Let the fish talk, and at some point, usually during the day, I can figure them out. But uh, you know, it all comes down to conditions. So. Um, I see, I see the next five years, um, with all the things that are being legislated and the, um, the orcas, uh, the orcas big deal, um, is, you know, they've, they've had problems with Puget Sound with them starving. Uh, the governor of Washington wants to add 60 million Chinook to the population to help, uh, or feed the, feed the orcas and in turn, that would definitely help us. So, um, I don't think it's, it's not all doom and gloom, you know, you gotta be careful of who you listen to and, and, and what people say about our fisheries. Um, it's all perspective. Yes. No, we, or no, we don't have a 5 billion Chinook coming back or mm -hmm. stealing it or whatever, mm -hmm. but it's sustainable. There's, there's uh, opportunity for harvest and, um, I don't see that going anywhere for the next few years. So things are looking up and they, you know, one turn of uh, good ocean conditions, which we've had for the last two years. So this year, even though our spring run predictions aren't that awesome, they're still pretty good. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it just depends on, uh, on who you talk to and the perspective that you get. Uh, it's not all doom and gloom. That's right, what I, right. all I can really say. Well, that's good. That's good to hear. That is good to hear. So, if if you could forecast the future, and you knew when your when you when your uh, last day was on this earth, and you were vertical, and you could fish one place where you guide and fish for the 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 type of fish that you would want to fish for, what what would be your final trip? Oh, man, you know, I get that a lot. I get that a lot. The problem is you had you had one word in there that changes everything, and that is where I would guide. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> where, I, where I would personally fish for fun and myself and not have to work, I would definitely say um, side drifting summer steelhead on the Lewis River. Um, that's been, that's where I got my start. That's one of my best fortes. Um, but guiding it is much, diff much, much different because I am constantly putting people's baits on and, you know, constantly keeping True. people in the water and untangling line, you know, not always, 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 but I have to constantly keep, keep the baits on the hooks and it's, it's a lot of work, <laughs> but as far as like the, the funnest fishing there is, oh man, there's nothing beats a, a summer steelhead grabbing a guava eggs that you're drifting down the river and mm -hmm. when they bite, they just, they just, they just hammer down on it. And, and half the time you set the hook on them and they come flying out of the water. Sometimes up, I've seen them jump 10 feet up out of the water. Wow. And I've had to run to my boat at 40 miles an hour and then run the other direction 40 miles. They're just a really wily, unpredictable fish when they, when they, when you catch them. Yeah. So for me, that's, that's pretty fun. Now for clients, um, we've kind of discovered a new way to catch fall Chinook in the last few years. And that's trolling with uh, what we call pro troll flashers. And uh, okay. that. It, it's really, really great. I tell people certain numbers to run their uh, uh, gear down to uh, the line counters on the reels, mm -hmm. and uh, it's it's just so easy. Anybody, it, no one has any problems. Uh, like just, they just run them down. Hey, put them at thirty-five feet, guys. They put them down there, and it's it's been fish on. It's really, really productive way to catch them now. It's almost. It's almost too productive. So, uh, but luckily yeah. Yeah, we haven't killed them all yet. But uh, yeah, it just the the action that the, these pro trolls give. Uh, they put such erratic action on um, the spinners that we run behind them, and uh, yeah, and just have a tough time resisting them. No kidding. So, so they're made by a company called Pro Troll. Is that right? Yeah. Well, there's there's two main companies that make them. It's it's really they're called 360 flashers, and what they do is they do a big circle in the water, probably about uh, two feet in diameter, and they, they uh -huh. just kind of roll in a in a slow. The slower you troll, the slower they roll. The faster you troll, obviously, the faster they roll. Mm -hmm. And as we have a leader behind that, it's about two feet long with a spinner or a bait. And as what that flasher does, it represents not just one fish that's injured. It resent it. I think it represents a school of bait fish that are injured. Oh, and so really? I use I use I use all chrome, and um, they go around and around, and they put this erratic motion on the spinner blade. So the fish come check out the injured bait fish, and then they see the spinner, and the way it's kind of spinning and doing circles at the same time, it's just deadly. Um, there's two different companies that that produce these flashers. One's uh, Brad's killer fishing yeah. gear and mm -hmm. also pro troll um, um gibbs 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 does well but i've i've never really uh tried the gibbs i'm sure they were great too mm-hmm mm -hmm. i'll be darn. well well ter well terrific thank you for that tip i'm, I'm just curious um, um um do you have uh pro staff agreements uh, or uh, companies that you promote um throughout the year 
Yeah, I, I support definitely Brad's killer fishing gear. They have a ton of good stuff um, all the way from spring chinook, uh, uh, quick fish, or they call them killer fish. Mm-hmm. Um, their, their wobblers have always been great. They have what we call super baits, which uh, is one of the types of tackle we use behind the 360 flashers. They're, uh-huh. They basically represent like a cut plug herring and they spin real tight. And we use those uh, all the way from kokanee to spring chinook. Fall chinook love them, coho love them, spring chinook love them, like I said, kokanee, yeah. So Brad's has got a really good uh, product out there uh, for us. And, uh, you know, I've never, one of my downsides of being a guide is going after companies and trying to get them to sponsor and yada, yada, yada. I just, uh, I don't know. It's just not my style. I just okay. just assume it's the good. But I will say that Brad's makes a great product. Uh, you know, Lumo Weld makes a great product. Yamaha. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the boat. The boat and the engines I run. Um, other than that, a lot of it's custom. I make a lot of my own stuff. So. Oh, you do. Really? I guess my sponsor. I guess yeah. I guess my sponsor is Me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's cool, man. That that is cool. That uh, uh, it it gives you control over a lot of things, doesn't it? You know, that's a big part of it too. If you have two hundred fishermen fishing a zone and they're only using what the market puts out for them, you know, those fish get wise to stuff pretty quick. So you have to you know, customize your things, use different uh, colors. Uh, I I use a lot of a lot of fishy tape and oh, uh-huh. uh, paint, I paint and uh, airbrush a lot of lures, stuff like that, just to have an edge. Uh-huh. It's all about the edge. It is, yeah, and it's just, the, it's just the smallest thing, isn't it? I mean, just sometimes you just don't understand why one is working in it and another is not, and it can be the most minute thing, like the, the color of the, the bead above the blade or something, you know? You bet. That and a lot yeah. of it has to do with um, with not just the colors, but the action of the lure you're presenting. Mm-hmm. I can go on for an hour on that, but basically, mm-hmm. when it comes to lures, a lot of these products they're not all created equal. Um, you have certain ones that will fish better than others, and uh, right. figuring out which ones catch fish better than others—that's where your time on the water comes into play. And mm-hmm. Um, it, it's the weirdest thing. I, I've had a, I've had a, what was he, uh, he was a, uh, mechanical engineer, but he knew a lot about injection molding. And I was telling him this and he was blown away by it because he couldn't understand why, um, I got a piece of plastic here that catches fish, but I got another piece of plastic right next to it. That's painted the same exact way and it doesn't catch fish. And he was just dumped on it. I, I wish I could figure it out too. I, I'd be a millionaire, but, uh, as far as all I can tell you is some work better than others and why what what causes it I have no idea but uh yeah yeah you know, that's, that's where the time of the water comes to play yeah I was on uh, Diamond Lake it's been years ago now with my brother-in-law and we were uh, there in the early spring trolling the uh, oh the the sides uh, or the the banks area of what would have been the north side of, of of the lake 
And we both had on, you know, the Thomas Boyan lures. They were kind of painted up like a rainbow trout. And his was yeah. on fire. He'd throw it out, bang, it a fit, you know. And he was he was hooking you know, at least eight to nine fish to my one. And we'd bring it up and we'd put them side by side. And I'm trying to figure out what is the difference because, you know, we were looking at the paint, you know, had, had mine somehow, you know, lost some of the paint. What was the color of the hook? And they were absolutely identical. And we'd throw back out. He'd have a fish on. And I'd have to wait for him to catch nine to get, get one. And we finally brought him back in. And we were headed towards the, the uh, lodge there. And I turn him over. And the only difference between his and mine was his was three-eighths of an ounce. And mine was one-quarter of an ounce. And that made all the difference in the oh, world. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it was crazy. So, you know, he yeah. was down just a little further, you know, maybe a little deeper, but not much. Yeah. Just straight. Yeah, well, it, sometimes putting it right on their face is mandatory. Yeah, yeah so true. So true. <laughs> well, Casey, we thank you so much for uh, just uh, uh, the, the, the time that you've spent with us and giving us these little tips and tricks and telling us about your business. If people are looking to go fishing in 2020, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, there's multiple ways. Um, one's my website. It's, it's www.columbiariverfishingtrip.com, T-R-I-P. Uh -huh. um, you can look me up on Facebook, uh, Casey Kelly, C-A-S-E-Y-K-E-L-L-Y. Um, you can also look Northwest Columbia Fishing Adventures on Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. That's spelled out. It's not N-W. It's it's, it's it's well it'll it'll show up no matter what you do but um cha cha instagram columbia river columbia dash or i'm sorry columbia underscore river underscore fishing underscore guide mm -hmm. and uh but or you can call me at 360-910-0612 and we'll chat and get you a really good date for the upcoming 2020 season terrific well i would imagine as uh proficient that you are and the number of clients that you have is that your your schedule probably fills up pretty quick and if people are wanting to get uh, in your boat and the nice thing is you know it, with your sled it's a comfortable uh, boat you know and and uh, it, it's you know it's got all the amenities in it so even if it is a little bit cold outside you've got a big cush cushy seat and you take care of people pretty well in that and so I'd suggest that they call yeah. you ASAP. Yeah, I, I'll get to the comfortability. Uh, I have a really heat, really great heater. It's a 40,000 BTU. It, it just about no solar ice cap. So, yeah, it uh, it's great. They don't make them anymore. So, uh, but uh, as far as availability goes, yeah, there is certain fisheries that I do fill up faster than others. August is one of them. Um, but you know, I do. I do take singles. A lot of times I'll have a group of three and, and uh, if you're just a single and want to go, I add you to a group. Mm -hmm. um, I do work with some of the, some of uh, the other uh, best fishing guys in the state. Um, so don't, don't think you're too late on, um, on getting a, a date set because I, I either can get you in or uh, I can put you with a guy that I trust with uh, my business. So um, just Very give good. me a call. I'll have a chat. Very good. Well, Casey, thank you again. I uh, wish you a very happy new year and a very productive one. Uh, it, uh, 
sounds like uh, with the fish runs picking up and your expectations, it could be a very good year. Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. Um, one thing I know for sure is uh, we'll shoot at them with straight arrows. <laughs> very good, very good. Well, you take care, my friend. We'll see you on the water. Okay, Ted, happy new year. Happy new year.